Oh, motherfucker, you can't have my cornbread. That's for damn sure. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree gonna begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread, begin to taste out your mouth. That's for damn sure. Now, fuck him. Fuck this. Because I'm from New York City, goddammit. Nobody take no cornbread from me. That go for you and any other you motherfucking farmers wanna try some shit. You fuck around with me, it's gonna be consequences and repercussions. What's good, family? I'm your boy Trey Frazier. I got my brother Maestro Styles here with me. Yes, sir. Welcome to another edition of the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. A special shout out to all of our viewers watching on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live right now. Uh, make sure y'all continue to follow us on those platforms on Twitter at Barbershop SPOR2, on the YouTube channel, on the Facebook page. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. My brother, what's good, man? How's uh, how's your week been? Week has been okay, man. I can't I can't call it. I've been working hard, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. What man. about you? I've been been working, man. Been trying to stay busy with this house stuff, and you know, trying to you know work some things behind the scenes with the podcast and all that good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do want to, you know, before we get started, um, special shout out and, uh, thoughts, prayers to all the black souls that we lost in Buffalo over the weekend to the shooting sure. at the supermarket, uh, sure. rest in peace to those souls. Um, also to the black families that lost those individuals, uh, praying for you, praying for your strength. Um, you know, just, you know, another one of these things, man, um, it, it's, it's racism. It's, you know, it's, it's this thing in America that, uh, you know, this, this nation can't shake, bro. Yeah. Uh, uh, prayers and condolences, uh, you know, I, I, it, it, like you said, in a nutshell, man, it, it's just, it, your hatred, you could just decide one day you want to get up and do that and, you know, and then lives are lost behind it. You know, yeah. I, I I wish I, I I would love to keep having to open and open up this conversation about why people are racist and we shouldn't be like that. And you know, um, it, it's it's numbing, man. Every time these situations come up, it just gets more and more numbing. And it's not to say that I'm at a stage where I don't care no more because that's not the truth. But it, it, you know, it's just like, damn, another one. Yeah, yeah, uh, another one. And actually, we had two mass shootings over the weekend um you had the church in california where they um you know they shot some people inside the church um yeah. mostly mostly the asian community but nonetheless 
you know, another one of those things, man, you know, like you said, you could just wake up one morning and just decide, I'm just going to go kill some random people. And, you know, it, it, it's just, it's just, it's disgusting, it, you know, and you're right. It, it's almost like a numbness um, every time you look at these stories, but, you know, it, it's becoming the, it's becoming the norm now. It's just like, ah, you know, just, just another one of those things. It's just happened know? to, yeah, it's just happened enough. Um, and it, it, you know, and, and I guess, and, and I guess when you look at it, um, you know, and obviously I wasn't alive back in, you know, before me, you know, before 83, Yeah. but it, it just seemed, it, but it seems like right now more than ever in our lifetime, I can speak for, um, that these, these types of killings and things are happening, but I, but I'm sure that people, you know, older than us would say that there was a time then that it seemed so constant and so you know like so like imparted in in society so right. um so i don't i i it, unfortunately it might just be our turn in the cycle to experience what the, you know that's what's going on mm-hmm. and I, and i don't know what the answer is to be honest yeah yeah i wish i had something but um you know all i could think about is the people in buffalo that lost their lives and the families affected and i got you know, me and Debbie, we got people that we know that live in the city up there. Um, right. Debbie used to go to college up there for, you know, seven, eight years. And so she's developed a bunch of friendships. And, you know, even when me and her started dating, you know, I developed some of those friendships as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everybody's all good. You know, our people that, you know, we keep in touch with up there, you know, they good. But, you know, kind of like what we're saying, they're just kind of, you know, you know, numb to it. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's okay to not be okay. You know what I'm saying? And right yeah. now they're just not okay with what's going on right now. So yeah, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I do want to stress this also um, free Brittany Griner. I, I yes, still want to put that out there. Um, she has not been brought back home yet. So we were just going to keep putting that out there in the universe and hopefully um, you know, less than 30 days. I know they said 30 days, but hopefully less than that, you know, yeah. they could they could bring her home. For sure. Um, so on a lighter note, uh, we got special guests coming up. Uh, the brother's name is Mike Patton. He has a podcast called Touring the AFC South. Uh, he's based out of Nashville, Tennessee, where one of those teams in the South plays at. So He's going to be coming on with us in a few minutes to talk about the podcast, his platform, um, talk a little NFL in regard to the AFC South. We'll get into some of the NBA playoff action and, you know, we talk about some other things that's going on in the city and all that. So I I can't wait for him to, um, you know, hop on with us. Um, what, what, What you got, Maestro? Um, I mean, I, I guess we could hit some some uh, some lighter points, and I guess I should have got the negative out uh, while we were in negative land. But uh, you you heard about Rondo, Rajon Rondo? I the, just the heard that maybe twenty minutes ago. I just heard that twenty. Yeah, minutes man. Ago. Um, I, I'm gonna say this. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that ain't true. <laughs> um, me, me but too. To those who don't know. The story that I read, and um, the story that I read is basically, um, and this, and they kind of, and I'm paraphrasing, but he was in the house, in the house 
uh, with a woman and her kids. They were mm-hmm. playing video games. Uh, the mother asked the kid to get up and help with the laundry. Mm. Um, something about that set off Rajon Rondo. Um, he spazzed out, left, came back with the gun. Um, asked to speak to like the kid indiv- like each the uh, uh the son individually and then the daughter individually and it like he went like he broke he was in there breaking stuff like you know and I just hope it ain't go down and let's be clear gun being involved you're already flagrant yeah but uh, um but uh it's nasty man um it's nasty man and 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 let's be clear. If you did, but if you did any semblance of that, meaning gun acting out in front of the kids, all that, you deserve to come with it. But I, but I, I just hope for the sake of our community that Rajon Rondo, that wasn't what you did, man. Because even if Shawty was tripping, I don't know, I don't care. Yeah. Um. Uh. Nah, man. I hope you ain't go out like that, bro. I really do. Yeah. Um. And I just heard on the TV that the police did come by the crib and um, it looked as if, you know, everything was all good, but they didn't check. They didn't press no charges. The police left Raja Rondo as it stands now is a free man. Yeah. Um, I hope it stays she that way. Restraining, she, she found the uh, restraining order though. Oh, did she? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I hope that it stays that way. Like he's free right now. And, Whatever they got to, you know, he and his family got to work out, you know, hope they can what work that out. What if he did out. that, though? Well, if if he did, if it's found that he did it, then he, he got to pay some consequences. Yeah. As of right now, we know what they know. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? They be in the media. <laughs> and less. And, and, and less, to be honest. Yeah, right. So, you know, all I know now is. They didn't press charges. He a free man. I hope it stay that way. I hope that that's not. I true hope he ain't do it. I'm not gonna say I hope he that. stay a free man. Yeah. I'm not gonna say I hope he a free man because if he did it, then he should he should he should sit down for a minute. But mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna say I hope he didn't do none of that. That's what I'll say. Okay. Yeah. That that that, that makes much more sense. But yeah, I, I just hope everything you know works out um, in their favor and that uh, yeah. you know nobody else you know no one gets hurt. More, you know, more importantly, everybody stays healthy in this regard. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and 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 a b in Antonio Brown news. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to speak on the on the Keisha Cole saga, but um, uh, but That's Keisha Cole saga. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. Well, now I'll speak briefly about what I can retain from. Because I remember you know, he was I, in the video. I remember that. Well, you know they did a song together on the, they did a song together on that, oh, I didn't on know his, that. Uh, yeah they did a song together on the album. I didn't but know that. um, uh, in short, in short, um, Keisha Cole put up some some posts basically saying I miss you, t- t- referring to AB. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, whatever, whatever. Um, I I can't confirm this because I, but it. Would appear to me on glance, because that's all I was doing was glancing. Right. It would appear to me that she got A B tatted on her body somewhere. Um Uh-oh. I I but and I am saying appear because like I, I'll admit that I just glanced. I hope that's not the case, but whatever. Um 
But oh, all that, is, but but to the point that I was talking about, because he would, because he even went on like later on today, uh, he went on was like basically nod, you know, like basically played her, mm-hmm. and she replied like, "All right, basically I got the message, cool," and, and I, I would guess that would be the end of whatever their whatever that relationship was. Yeah. Um, but uh, the more important and relevant to our show. Mm-hmm. Is that Antonio Brown tweeted, just let me retire as a stiller. Um, and you know, there's a lot of mixed reviews about it. And what as Michael says, uh, but uh, should it? I take that that can go two different ways. So, my reaction to the tweet was okay, either he wants them to sign him for like a day and then he could just have his, you know, swan song, whatever. Yeah. Or, or the nigga still want to play, and he want to go back to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you can look at think. it two ways. I mean, yeah, you could. Yes, you could. To answer your question, yes, I would could. lean more towards he's not playing that he wants to sign that one day. He just contract. wants to retire. That's I lean more to that. But now that's what that I'm tweet, thinking too. That tweet gives off different vibes, if you know what I mean. Well, it you it could be. Interpreted two different ways, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like the the energy that it gave me was I he he think he done in the league. Just let him retire where he was the most where he's remembered at the in the most positive light. Obviously, he's remembered in Pittsburgh in the most positive light. He was even even though he won a Super I was gonna Bowl. I'm saying it didn't end way. well. It didn't it didn't end well. Well, no, no, no. I'm I'm just saying in comparison to his different stops. Right. Um. Obviously, his Steelers career, his stop in Pittsburgh was the is was the positive light. Like he was the best receiver in the league from yep. 2013 to about 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's the light he wants to be remembered in, and obviously that's where he spent the most time. So, I mean, it would make no sense to even try to retire him as a Patriot or a Buccaneer. Raider, or, yeah, yeah, you know. Crazy. So obviously, it would be retire him as a Steelers. So I hope. I, you know, even though it didn't end well, and it's probably his fault in some respects, in some respects, not totally, but in some respects. Yeah. Um. I, I think everybody, I think everybody should be able to amicably, amicably come together and say, you know what, this dude was the best receiver in the league and the best receiver in still in history. Period. Mm-hmm. Numbers yeah. support that. Now, obviously, uh, Heinz Ward, Stallworth, Lynn Swan, those types of players were maybe more. Um, pivotal as far as impact, culture, that type of thing, and, and, and it's still a uh, history. But if you look at the numbers, um, it's he's AB. He's got records, right? Like at the receiver spot, he's got records, yeah, right? Yeah, he's statistically the best receiver. Um, mm-hmm. There has never been a more dominant receiver in Pittsburgh history. He should be retired as a Pittsburgh Stiller. Yep. And I don't think I that's will, a conversation. And, and I will reiterate, too, as much as it pains me to say this, um, he should be in the Hall of Fame on roller skates. Like it, it shouldn't yeah. be no, you know, it shouldn't be no TO situation, even though it wouldn't surprise me if the, you know, whenever he's up for eligibility for the Hall of Fame, that they would somehow snub him off that first ballot. Oh yeah, he's not gonna be a first ballot Hall of Fame, even on that five year run should 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 make him one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it, it definitely should. I mean, if you're talking about what he did on the field. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, put them and in. And that's all football should, and, and and that's all the football Hall of Fame should be about, unless mm-hmm. you was out here doing super foul shit. And I don't, yeah. I don't know that he's done anything super foul. Mm, no, I mean in relation to the football field, or no, I'm talking about as far as off the football field. Like, what's what is is there? Is has he done anything that would make the NFL say, even though he's that good, um, uh, this don't look good. Uh, Don't say the, domestic uh, violence. We got plenty the, of we got plenty of domestic the NFL. violence. NFL, and I, and I'll, I'll say this to the NFL. Yeah, they may look at it sideways, but I just look at it as okay. He's had some knucklehead moments, but I don't think he's ever like in regard to the law. Like he ain't never been arrested. To, to my knowledge, I think he. I think he has. I don't, I don't know he, for a really? fact, but I okay. think he has. Okay. I think he has. Okay, I don't and know but, that for but, certain, but. But I feel like I feel like they, I feel like if we went down the list of Hall of Famers, we could find some Hall of Fame players that have been course. arrested. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, like like, you know, let's 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 stop let's stop that let's stop that foolishness. Let's let let's let's not let that be the reason um he doesn't make the Hall of Fame because he was arrested. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, bro. Oh, no, nah, no, nah, definitely definitely won't do that. He should I would like him to be a first ballot. I get that he probably won't be, but he should be in the Hall of Fame before his uh, before his career is over. I mean, before his life is over. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, want to say a special shout out to uh, the homie Mo Cheese uh, in the Facebook live chat. Uh, What's happening? Appreciate you, Mo Cheese, and uh, we had Mo on a few months back telling us, uh, you know, a story and all that. So shout out to him. Um, he, he just commented here. Uh, plenty, yeah, definitely. We just talked about it. Plenty of Hall of Famers have been arrested and. You know, plenty of Hall of Famers have done a lot worse than what Antonio Brown is. You know, been uh, documented of doing. So yeah, so, yeah, uh, um, yeah. I I forgot that tonight is the NBA draft lottery. I didn't know until I sent shout out Ashley Baker. I didn't know until she tweeted it. I didn't even know. Yeah, I I totally forgot about that. And, you know, now that I think about it, it is that time. It's usually around the conference finals time where they, you know, they yeah. have their little 30-minute special before the game starts. So, um, so as a Knicks fan for me, um, I, don't I don't expect <laughs> – I don't expect to – rise in the top three like most other Knicks fans are you know hoping and praying um we, we've just haven't had that kind of luck since Patrick Ewing so I'm, I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna sit back and just wait until they call the Knicks at 10 or 9 or whatever mm-hmm. that number is gonna be because that's mm-hmm. exactly where I expect the Knicks to pick number nine or number 10. Uh-huh. So, um I don't have nothing, man. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Look, man, we got a long way before. Uh, look, and I get we need to start, you know, the time is now to start building. If your team needs to be rebuilt, the time is now to start doing it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I would love to sit here and act like I'm excited about it, about the, the lottery, you know, who's going to pick where, but I'm I'm not. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who's coming out the draft. You know, I'm not, not going to act like that's I That's more of a reason that I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I know who's like who's ranked number one, number two. I I, I have absolutely no idea, um, you know who who, the, who those cats are gonna be at. So, uh, yeah. Mo Cheese in the chat here, he says, watch the Lakers 
jump into the top five, giving that pick to the New Orleans Pelicans. Didn't something like that happen like recently? Some, I feel like, yeah. I mean, I know the Pelicans just recently had the number one when they picked uh, Zion, Zion. So Zion, yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like, yeah, I was thinking that same thing. I, I, I thought about throwing that little shady comment, like watch the Pelicans get the number one pick again. But I don't mm-hmm. remember how many times in recent history that they had got it. So that's why I didn't. I chose not to uh, mm-hmm. say that shady comment. Yeah, that's true. We do be kind of having our little conspiracy theories on, yeah. you know, who's getting the number one pick and who's, you know, who, who's who's hovering around, um, you know, worst of the worst. But now that I think about it, in response to what Mo Cheese just said, the Lakers did jump into like the top three, top four the offseason that they made the trade for Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I think they traded that particular pick to get him, if I'm not right. mistaken. So, okay. so, yeah, so so there you have that. And, yeah, unlike Yeah, the they Lakers, probably did happen that way because I remember, I, I, I vaguely remember having a conversation about uh, what if Zion Williamson plays with a- Anthony Davis. So I, I do mm-hmm. think I vaguely remember having a conversation like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I guess since we're talking NBA, um, I, I do want to give a that, shout that, out. That's, that's, oh, we're not, go you, I was about to say, don't go to playoffs yet. I don't know if you was trying to go to playoffs. No, that. no, no. I wasn't trying to go playoffs. Okay. I was, I was actually right. trying to, I was actually trying to congratulate, um, Mike Brown for getting the Sacramento Kings head coaching okay. gig. I, Cause we, yep. I think we missed that last week. So I just want to, we make definitely sure. did. Yeah. I want to make sure that, um, you know, I, I give him a shout out that, uh, you know, another black coach who's getting his third chance, if I'm not mistaken, because mm-hmm. he coached yeah. the Lakers previously. And before that, obviously, with LeBron and Cleveland. LeBron. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, congrats to him. Um, I, I know there's people out there that say, well, it's the Kings and they've been terrible for a long time. And, you know, hey, man. Not a lot of people have a lot of faith in Mike Brown, but I, I thought Mike Brown was a good coach in Cleveland when he, when he had the young LeBron James coming well, up. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, um, but I, look, man, I, I would love to sit here and, and, and bitch about the idea of, you know, Mike Brown is not being put in the opportunity to succeed, which he probably ain't. Mm-hmm. But look, man, look, man, a job is a job is a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've I've always I've always been that way, and I do understand the point that um, most of the time the black coaches get the crummy jobs or get the jobs where they don't have like the top five, top six player. I I do get that point about it, but if there's an opening, you 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 just got to go take it. And and and, and, I, and I'll say it, and I'll say it, and, I, and I've said it a million times. As a black man, I mean, look, man, we know what we know what our obstacles are, bro. Let's not let's like we know it. How many how many times are we going to sit here and say, you know, look, bro, we got to make lemonade, man. That's just what it is. It's what is it's been our plight our entire life and our entire existence in America. So, hey, man, get your foot in, and, and hopefully you get to make some sweet lemonade, man. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Mo Cheese in the chat says uh, top 10 for the Lakers goes to the Pelicans. If they miss top 10, it goes to the Grizzlies. Either way, two playoff teams are going to have nice picks. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay, that's that's an interesting point there. Um, mm. You know, good good, good for the Grizzlies or the Pelicans, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I low-key kind of hope the Grizzlies get the pick, man. 
Mm-hmm. However, that however he said it works. I, I I really want the Grizzlies to build a a a team team. Mm-hmm. But they right. need another they need another guaranteed guy that's going to go. Another guaranteed scorer that's going to go. No shade to Dylan Brooks. Um, yeah, Desmond I just Bain don't know yet. Those guys. Yeah, yeah, I just I'm just not sure yet. I need a girl like a guy that's going to walk in and and give me twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Pelicans. Um, be nice if they could get something too. Um, I, I think they should sure. set. They pretty set. Willie Green, I think, is a good coach. Um, the trade appears to work so far in the half a season that they got CJ McCollum and Zion comes back. So, you know, we'll have to see how that kind of shapes out to be. And then that, uh, that kid that was sticking defense on CP3 in the playoffs. Yeah, but he's uh, just a novelty guy. No shade to, yeah, to, yeah, to Grand Theft Alvarado, but, but, but I mean, those, he, a good piece, a piece you need. Those times, like those kinds of intangible players, like those kinds of things that he does contributes to potential, you know, championship teams. So the guy who the guy who allegedly unlocked the key to how to play Chris Paul. Gee, I don't, I don't want to get into that just yet, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we 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 definitely going to talk so much about that, man. Um Nick Coates, what up, man? Uh I guess it's Cuzo. Uh, yeah, yeah, your, your cousin in the chat in the Facebook live chat. What's good? What's good? Welcome, welcome, man. Well, but but we do gotta talk about this, man. Mm-hmm. We gotta start. Um, we gotta start respecting the. Uh, and we won't get into totally what Pat Beverly been talking about the past couple of days on TV. Mm-hmm. But we gotta start respecting the idea of um, people who work in the field, yeah. who uh, and then start calling the field. Tony Romo. Um, I think about Nori and Drink Champs and Joe Button and like like when yeah. they can come in and give uh you know insider expertise on the you know what they're on talking their about. Like yep. yeah, on their craft, right. Like we gotta start um I mean clearly clearly people are starting to catch on. Like we need to start getting some of these people. Like they're watching what I am athlete did, they're watching what all the smoke doing. They're yep. watching what these pop pivot. They're watching what all these podcasts doing, where they're bringing in dudes that are not necessarily media trained, but can go in and talk some talk. Right, and that's good for ratings. And now you could you could see mm-hmm. that uh, they're starting to catch on. It's like, oh, we need to start bringing some of these people in mm-hmm. to uh, you know bring some interesting conversation. Because I mean, uh, Pat Bev came in like a breath of fresh air, man. And, um, yeah, we just, we really do yeah. got to start, um, acknowledging that I, no disrespect to the cats who just, who just covered the game, mm-hmm. but these cats who were actually playing the game, they need to be in these conversations because, mm-hmm. um, you know, much like kind of what we do, we talk shit, but we don't really know. We don't really be in them locker rooms. We don't really be putting them putting that ten thousand hours in towards that thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's certain things that we don't think about. We don't flat out just don't know because we ain't in that in that thing. So um yeah. I, I definitely wanna yeah. acknowledge people like Pat Beverly and Shannon Crowder and Ryan Clark and, you know, Brandon Ocho like all the cats that's doing it. Um, even the cats, I forget the name of that podcast with the cats. They be in the in the bus. They got the little tricked out bus. It's a mm-hmm. uh, it's an offensive lineman. It's an offensive lineman for the Titans who does a podcast inside of like a bus, 
and they bring okay. other athletes in the bus and they you know they talk okay. sports shit. But um okay. but you know, like these these shows are yeah. starting to pop Quentin up. Quentin Richardson does a podcast too with Yeah, um, Knuckleheads, Knuckleheads. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. but it's easier. But they they're getting the you know the LeBron James. There I seen uh, 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 I'm athlete just got um, Kyrie on their podcast the other mm-hmm. day. Like they're getting those the big dogs that media people aren't getting because straight out media athletes don't really want to talk to media personalities. So yep, it, it, it's dope that they're that. They're opening that plat- platform. They're creating their own platforms. They get the kind of Draymond Green is another one we got to talk about. That they're opening up mm-hmm. that kind of thing where they can talk. That we can get content yeah. from the athletes we really want to hear from. Yeah, JJ Reddick too, man. Um, I yeah. like the back and and again, I know you don't want to get into that, but I, I like the back and forth between him and Pat Bev. You know, the past couple of days, um, that was something different you know what i'm saying it's like you said um it's a breath of fresh air to hear guys that actually play the sport come and talk about it not in the mainstream way like you know rock the suit and all this stuff but yeah, you know dudes like come this- in come in as you are talk your talk you ain't got to go to grammar school or you ain't got to go to journalism broadcasting school and none of that gar- you know none of that stuff um you know just come in be who you are and I, I felt like Pat Bev, you know, he, you know, he when he name dropped, when, when he name dropped Paul George, bro. Uh-huh. I mean, look, I am I imagining <laughs> that him and Paul George might need to have a private conversation, but he name dropped Paul George. Mm-hmm. Um, and about and a it's funny because yeah. at first he was like, I ain't going to name no names. And then he kind of walked it back and was like, uh, you know what? I'm going to name it anyway. He just went right in like. Yeah, that, that, I thought, I thought that the, was dope. <laughs> that's good for TV. It's the kind of stuff we need but don't need at the same time. If it make any, if that makes any sense, like I right. mean, obviously right. you don't want Bama's aired out. It, even even when uh, it was a point in the, in the conversation where um, you know Pat was saying what he was saying, and and, and uh, Stephen A was like, "Well, you know, nah," and he was like, "Nah, they wouldn't tell you that because mm-hmm. all you're gonna do is go on, come on here and say it." Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying. So right, it's like right. that that type of thing. Um, now I don't know if people going to start uh, watching what they say around Pat Beverly now, but I mean, because <laughs> he he yeah he definitely when he definitely aired Paul George out, and if I'm mm-hmm. Paul George, because I, I, I would imagine I don't know, but I would imagine that maybe Paul mm-hmm. George got some type of a relationship with uh Chris Paul, you know, mm-hmm. with things away maybe. from the court, right? Yeah, at, right, right, right. Because at first I'm thinking, thing. wait, they played on a team together, and no, 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 then no, no, I was no, no, like, no. yeah. But just, just you know, you because the circles when you, when you, when you, yeah. in that that level of, especially nowadays, isn't that a whole bunch of enemies amongst the top players in the leagues nowadays? A lot of these cats be friends. I would think oh, yeah. that yep. uh, CP3 and Paul George had some type of relationship. So for uh, Pat Bay to air out something that. Now it's gossip. For Pat Bev, the era of something, something that Paul George said about CP3, mm-hmm. um, not knowing about what Paul George and CP3's relationship is, is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Um, I, I again, I like it. I mean, even when he kind of backtracked and said, "Hey, I'm gonna just I'm gonna go name names anyway," I, I kind of liked it in the moment. 
you know, but knowing that he was going to have to deal with what he was going to have to deal with on the back end. Truth be know, told, that ain't my problem, though. Right, right. As the viewer, I, you know, I, I, I hate to say I don't care, but I don't care. You know, yeah. Yeah, you, you do what you got to do and handle that, you know, you know, behind that. So you heard Damian Lillard tweeting. A, oh, was this in Damian response Lillard? to Pat Bev? They basically calling him a clown. Um, how you mm-hmm. how you on here? How you on here? Yep. Um, you know, airing out people personal conversations. You know, and, and then coming in support of Chris Paul. Um, Matt you Barnes. Yeah. Matt Barnes too, but Damian Lillard yep. mm-hmm. tweeted. Um, so I mean, look, man. I, I I guess, I guess, I guess we could have this conversation without, I guess, totally getting into the to the Suns series and the Suns total uh, choke job. Uh, and there ain't no way to slice it. Me, I hear people saying, "Oh, well, it's not a choke job." They, you know, it was just great coaching. Nah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm no. not saying that it wasn't great coaching, no. <laughs> but uh, that's with a choke job. With respect to Jason Kidd, with respect yeah, to Jason, with Kidd. respect to Jason Kidd, because he coached the hell out of that. That's yeah. still a choke job. Yeah, y'all wasn't even shooting. That yeah, like that's a yeah. choke job. Yeah. Um, but um, to the people who is it possible? Is it possible for you to be telling the truth, even though you hating, even though you got a personal vendetta with the with the person? Because we know clearly that Pat Be- Pat Bev got a personal issue with CP3, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you but, remember, in one of the games, I think it might have been earlier this season or last season, where he shoved playoffs. him. Yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, he shoved him yeah. to the floor. Like, yeah, well, he ain't fall, but he definitely pushed the shit out of him. He had yeah. what, like. Chris Paul definitely caught whiplash that day. Yeah. Um. And and it, and it was after Chris Paul was cooking Pat Bev ass or cooking that team. Uh. Mm-hmm. So, um. Look, there's something there, but is it? I right. <laughs> I look at it like this: Pat Bev definitely does have something against CP3, but. Chris Paul missed, lost a step defensively. It's true. Yeah, um, he's lost a lot <laughs> more than a step. But I mean, uh, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not. Let, let's be clear. Trey, I, I know. I'm, I'm I know. I, I'm, I'm gonna I, cut you off right there. I, I don't want to. I don't want to go into the game yet. No, 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 no. I don't want to. We're not going to go into the game. Not uh-huh. at least not all the way. But right. what I am going to say is that we're talking about a five bad game stretch. Mm-hmm. After he was playing his ass off, I'm not going to sit here and act like because he played five uh, five straight games after turning 37 that he's not going to be the same Chris Paul he was this past year. He played like trash for five games, trash, absolute trash. But I'm not going to sit here and say that we're not going to get this 2022 Paul uh, Chris Paul in 2023. We sure about I don't that, believe though? that. You sure about that? I'm confident. I don't. I mean, it's all speculative, but I'm confident. Yeah. I don't and, think and, you lose your step. I don't think. I don't think your step gets lost that fast, and then that that fast, and then that uh, dire of a situation. His birthday pops up on Friday, uh, mm-hmm. two Fridays ago. However, yeah. I mean, you know, whenever he just turned thirty-seven, and yeah. then immediately after he turned thirty-seven, he started playing trash games. I yeah. I don't think it happened. I want to like be clear that. about something. I, I'm not. I'm not going to use the birthday as sort of a part of the narrative to him slipping in the playoffs. I'm okay. just saying that. He is a year older, and we got another offseason to go through, and he's coming back. He made it clear he's coming back. 
Um, I, I, I can't honestly say that he's going to be the same. Now, I don't think he's completely fallen off the cliff just yet, but there, I, I, I sense that there's some slippage there. I, I, I kind of sense that there's in this five there. game in this five game skid. You feel like this is the, the this is the downfall of Chris Paul. I, I kind of sense that it's or I should say it's starting. I don't want to say that he's there already. Like he you know, like he's done, like he's cooked. I'm saying yeah, I like, think it's I think it's starting whenever it started within these past five games. Yeah, there's no way it's no way that I'm that I believe that he's going to go from averaging what eight I think he averaged like eighteen and he was averaging like twenty three or something like that in the playoffs. Eight. Was it twenty three? Okay. Okay. I in the playoffs, I like think 19. he was averaging like twenty three. In the playoffs? Or maybe I, I, in the and I maybe it was in the past. 19. Okay, huh. maybe. Okay. Okay. If it's okay. nineteen or if it's twenty three, mm. I doubt very seriously that next year he's gonna average nine, ten points next year. I Doubt it highly. Mm-hmm. I don't now, think that I don't think that, but maybe maybe some of the assist numbers go down a little bit. I mean, that's not just the scoring; it's not just a part of his game. Now, is sure. part of his game is also getting others involved. Um, I mean, well, I mean, let me say of, this. Let me ask slip. you this, then. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: Could you see Chris Paul averaging ten and five next year? Um, not that low. I could see him averaging. Right. I could see him averaging 14, 15 points and maybe anywhere from six to seven assists. I could I, I could see that being like the new Chris Paul next year. And he about to make 30 million, 30 over 30 million next year. If you Phoenix, you pay that man. <laughs> I mean, what? Hell I mean, no. Nah, nah. What? I mean, nah. I don't no, pay no, Chris I'm Paul. No, I'm saying he's under contract. That's what I mean by okay. if you're Phoenix, yeah, you, mean you, have you stick to pay with him. him. Yeah, yeah, you stick you with have him. Have to pay him. You're not. Yeah, you're not gonna cut him, and then you, you know, you 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 mess your cap up like that. Nah, nah, he's nah. Getting, he's definitely not starting. If he if he he's de- if it if he goes mid season averaging ten and five or or even your fourteen and six or fourteen mm-hmm. and seven, his role is getting diminished. He might not start. And That's I don't give a how much too. money he made. That's I don't give a how much money he made. That's okay. You might as well put put Payne in there. Or I forget. Ain't Payne the backup? Uh, um, yeah, campaign is the backup. Uh, yeah, point guard. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm playing. Can I'm playing somebody younger? If that's the case, I'm playing a younger dude. If that's the case, I, I'm. And he is a hard look. He's a hall of famer and all those things and all mm-hmm. that. All those things. But nah, no way in hell. No way in hell yeah. that I, I am. No way in hell I'm going for me paying him $30 million and he getting 14 and 7. Now, how does Monty Williams handle that, though? Like, if you Monty Williams... Sit your ass down. You're telling you Chris... you you telling one I'm of telling the great Chris Ball, point guards to sit his ass down? That's what you're telling him? Sit your ass down. In year 18, sit your ass down because you're not LeBron. You're not producing like that. Uh, interested to see how that shapes out next year. I... You don't like it, you could you could retire. Mm-hmm. I yeah. get it. Yeah, I get it. Or or Facts. you could go for six man of the year. Or you could go for six man of the year. Pick mm-hmm. your choice. Yeah, I, I think the most important thing to him right now is getting the chip. And I don't know if that ship has sailed with this roster. I mean, I they still like got some has. things. You feel like it has? I feel like it has. Um, I'm yeah. I don't know yet. I haven't really digested. You know what they got going on yet? I know. I know. I said because now, because now it's got to move to Devin Booker. 
Mm-hmm. Now he's got to move to Devin Booker and like him. Mm-hmm. He ain't bet he is he a top five right now? Devin Booker? No. Is he a top ten? Just asking. Yes, top ten. Yes, top ten. Yep. So freestyling, obviously we freestyling. Top ten, um, and I'm in, in, in no order. No Greek order. freak. Yep. Greek freak. Yep. Um, uh, Are we going uh, Jokic? We gonna go Jokic in the yep. top ten? Jokic. Okay. Uh, Steph Luke, Curry. Luca. Luca. Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. LeBron is still in the top five. Yep. KD. KD is six. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. You want, throw, you want to throw Kyrie in there? Nah, top ten? Uh, top ten, I don't know. But Joel Embiid? Okay. We got that. Um, Joel Embiid. You want to throw Tatum in there in the top ten? I think you got to. Th- I think you have to throw Tatum in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um... Yeah, we need two. We need mm. two more. We need two more than that. Put ja. in there. We gotta put Ja in there. Oh, Ja. We gotta put okay. Ja in there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And Booker is <laughs> Booker's ten. Booker's I mean, maybe ten. Is there anybody? I mean, a healthy Anthony Davis? Is he top five? If nah, nah, nah. No Anthony Davis Man, in the top oh, ten. No, hell no, hell okay. no. Okay, okay. Not in the top ten no more. I okay. mean, I mean like. Hell no! I seen a I seen a post on I want to say it was Bleacher Report mm-hmm. that deals with this very conversation, and I feel like if I find this post, I may be able to get Devin Booker off the top ten. And I just thought of I a am, name. I just thought of a name. Ice Tray. Okay. That's borderline. See, That's borderline. That's debatable. I don't right know. There. I don't know if I could put Ice Tray over Devin Booker because he's so small. Okay, I mean, but when you put a wing player on, you put a wing player on. I get it. I get it. He's yeah. easier to defend. I get it. But yeah. When yeah. that dude gets it going, he gets it going, and he's but clutch. You... And he's clutch too. Yeah, I give you. He's clutch. I don't. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know if I could. I don't know. I don't know if I could put Devin Booker over over Trey Young yet. I mean, Trey Young over Devin Booker yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh I'm, man, I'm I comfortable. I'm comfortable with. Leaving Jimmy Butler out the top ten, I'm comfortable. Yeah, 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 with leaving, yeah, yeah. He's not there. He's I'm not comfortable there. with leaving Donovan Mitchell out of the top ten. If anything, I Donovan Mitchell is like eleven or twelve. If anything, okay. Um, we talked about Anthony Davis that he, he might be fifteen. You know, <laughs> with, with the age and stuff. Uh, Dame, yeah. Dame, and I know he's is Dame Lillard is Dame Lillard better than Devin Booker? Hmm. I think he's better than Devin Booker right now. And I, and, and I think, I think maybe that's going to not going to be the case after next year when Dame gets a little older, but I think right now, I think Dame's better than Devin Booker right now, bro. That dude's range, <sighs> bro. Devin Booker don't got Dame's range, bro. Nah, I, I know. I think, no, I disagree with that. I think Devin Booker doesn't, Aim to shoot that far away. Like He's, Devin Booker's game, Devin Booker's game is is a mid range game. Like Phoenix don't. I was I was uh, hearing. I was reading something the other day that mm-hmm. um uh, the Phoenix don't even shoot a rack, a rack of threes. Like they don't shoot a lot of threes. They're like bottom of the league in shooting and making threes. Like they don't. 
yeah. shoot him that often. He's a more mid-range type of guy. Right. He's more of a mid-range slasher type of guy. Right. I don't think that he doesn't have the range. I I, I think what I would say is is that mm-hmm. we don't have evidence that he can shoot that far because he doesn't do it. I was just about to, to say, if, he doesn't okay. do it enough for us to really gauge if he can do yeah. it or not. Yeah, I, I yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't say he can't though. I'm Devin Booker is a, a amazing shooter. I think we've um, seen Dame do a little bit of mid range stuff. We we've seen him do a little bit of it, but well, I think when it comes to going to the here's why see here's 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 why I'm like being flimsy about it. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker can get to the cup when he wants and how he wants. Yeah, it's it's, the, it's a size thing. Um, but I will say this. All that Kobe talk. Oh, we got to shut that up. We got to shut that up. I don't want. I don't want him wearing Kobe shoes no more. Like that's how I feel about it. Because the fact yeah. that somebody came and was playing with these little Kobe comparisons, mm-hmm. and nah, that, nah, we could, we could, we could put that to bed. Yeah, we. And it ain't. Yeah, yeah, we, we could put that, that to bed. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see that. I'm with you there. I don't want to <laughs> hear or see that. I don't want to hear or see that anymore. I'm with Again, you there, bro. I don't care. I don't care what he does unless he anything short of him dominating next year and winning the chip. I don't want to mm-hmm. hear that no more. Couple of uh, comments from Mo Cheese. Uh, Trey Young and Lucas numbers are very comparable, and also he said he take Dane, but he said I'm right in regards to the age. So yeah, it, to my point, I think right now I take Dane, but I think if not mid next year, then maybe another year from now, that could definitely change. Mm. Uh, Okay. I mean, uh, says uh, Tatum is the closest thing to Kobe in the league right now. What do you think about that? Um, I don't want to, I don't don't want nobody. Jason Tatum like that for me, for me, um, Kobe's mid-range game, and I get mid-range was more of a thing when he was when he was playing. Yep. Um, I just don't. I, I think the the flash of dog that I've seen from Jason Tatum, and he's a dog. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying that yep. Kobe's done it for longer. Um, that's the most reminding. I, I it's hard for me to compare anybody to Kobe. It really just is for me. It's not it really hard just for is me. for me. It's not hard for me. I, I see a little bit of it in, in Jason Tatum now. Was a game five where they lost that game at the, you know, they, they played great for 48, for 45, 46 minutes. And then the Bucks kind of stole game five in Boston. And those last three minutes of the game where Marcus Smart had three bad plays consecutively, Jason Tatum, um, you know, he was nowhere to be found. I don't know if that was his fault or they just didn't get him the ball. I think that last play where, where you saw Tatum wide open, um, streaking down the court, I think Mm -hmm. he just, I I think I just thought that smart didn't see him in that regard, but I think in the other possessions leading to that, I was like, yo, where, where's Jason Tatum at? Cause this game is getting away from him. Um, but he backed that up. He backed that up in game six where, I mean, he just went bucket for bucket, bro. Like this I mean, is what I'll like, say. It was like five straight possessions where he just went like cold blood assassin on him. This is what I'll say. Um, I have way more, and, and I get it's a longer sample size with Kobe than Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. but it's way more. I have way more memories of Kobe Bryant 
in a situation where he could have just laid it up easily and got the two points, mm-hmm. he dunked on you because that was the more emphasis. That was the dog, the dog in Kobe that everybody don't necessarily have. Like, yeah, I could easily do this layup and make and get the two points, and it would just be an easy two points. But if I dunk on your dumb ass, yeah. now. <laughs> Now, now you feel different about what happened when I when I'm coming down the lane. You know what right. I'm saying? Like it's right. it's about the that that dog. It's that thing that where where yeah, I could just get the easy thing, but I'm gonna not only do that, but I'm gonna make you feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. that thing that Kobe. Like Kobe is intentional. Like I'm trying to hurt your feelings. You need to fear me on this court. Um, I don't think I don't think there are many players in this era that have that thing where it's like, yeah, I might hurt myself if I dunk on you, mm-hmm. but the point is going to be made if I dunk on you. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Right. Ja right. Morant, <laughs> ja Morant got that thing where it's like, yeah, I could just lay it up. I could. Just, yep. But me dunking on you is going to be way more vicious. Mm-hmm. He could yam it on you. He could just, he could shoot that nice floater that he got. He, he, he could do a couple of those things. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, Giannis is obviously one of those guys where uh, he'll he'll yam it on you, and for for the point. Yep. He's one of those guys. Um, he'll get yammed on. To, sometimes yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Can't yeah, be yammed that, on by a thirty-five year old. Can't do that. That's my criticism of of Giannis. <laughs> like we talked. I know we talked about it last week. That's my criticism of Giannis. It's like, yeah, he's the best player in the game, but it's 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 kind of not respected because. You get yammed on. Like mm-hmm. it, this ain't the first time. This ain't the first time he had been getting yammed on. Back uh-huh. when we was trying to crown him before he was really crowned. Yeah. He was getting yammed on by Bamas. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. I, I, I don't I don't know if I admitted this. I was on um I was on Twitter spaces yesterday. I was home working and stuff. And I I, I don't know if I've admitted this on this platform, but I feel like the Greek freak is my favorite player that's not on the Knicks right now, just in terms of just being a basketball fan, um, aside from the team I root for. Greek freak's my favorite player. Nah, it's John Morant for me. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I'm yeah. just because for me. I, yeah, I feel you. I mean, yeah, you allowed to I don't think you, I've yeah. ever, I don't think I've ever admitted that like, you know, live on air. I don't think I've ever, you know, mm-hmm. came to that conclusion, but. That's no, why I kind of kind of had me in my feelings on Sunday, man. Kind of kind of threw my bowling game off a little bit. I was at the bowling alley and uh, asked the dude to uh, turn the screen on up by the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And man, I, I don't know what it is around here. You know, I, I, I get it. There's not a basketball team in Baltimore. I I, I get it, but it it, it felt as if like they didn't want to put the effort to turn into the basketball game, right? Yeah. So the kid came and he was like, oh, we don't have the channel. I'm like, you don't have ABC? Like the game is on <laughs> broadcast television. Like Facts. you have to have ABC, right? So, yeah. um, so the, you know, the manager came through, he, you know, found the channel and, you know, they was getting blown out. So yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have, uh, our special guest here, and actually, it's it's kind of my fault because I, I Mike, I, I I told the folks that he was coming on around you know seven ten, but I was looking back at our notes from our conversations, and we did say 
eight o'clock our time, seven o'clock your time. I keep forgetting Nashville is an hour behind us. So wanna wanna apologize to the people for that. But you know, now you're here now. Uh we got Mike Patton on here. He's the host of the Touring the AFC South podcast. You can find it on Spotify and all other streaming platforms. Mike, man, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, what's going on? How you been? Uh, doing great. You know, a little sweltering hot down here, but I'm, I'm making it, man. No doubt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No doubt. No doubt. Um, first, I do want to congratulate you on your appearance on Brother from Another with Michael Smith and uh, Michael Holly. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, it was it was definitely uh, something that came together pretty quickly and uh, kind of unexpected. But hey, I- I'm not taking it back. <laughs> no doubt, no <laughs> right. Doubt. Yeah. I mean, anytime you get on with those brothers, I mean, you definitely, you know, step your game up a few notches. So, you know, that that was dope. That was dope to see that. I def- and I definitely say from from my perspective, um, I ain't going to lie to you. I've been wondering where Michael Smith been at for a brick. Um, so when I seen him and I, I, like, it feel like I never really see him married now and then, like a couple of years ago, he did a podcast that, uh, me and Trey are familiar with in a a podcast, some, uh, in a podcast group. He did an interview with one of them folks one time and I was like, oh shit, he, you know, he's still out here. That's good to know. And then I, he kind of disappeared from my, you know, from my timeline for a brick. So when I seen that you had got the thing, I was like, oh, all right, he's still out here. And, you know, and, and with Mike Holly, all right, bet. So I know that I could, uh, I can go ahead and start adding him about shit that I think about. <laughs> yeah, Michael, uh, Michael Smith is cool, man. I mean, honestly, you know, but right before I got on the air, they, you know, they came on and talked to me for a hot second and then, you mm-hmm. know, then I came back on. So these cool people, man, from all the people that I know that know him or know of him, they all say he's a real cool dude, and uh, definitely um, Michael Holly, definitely is, is a good guy, man. He, I mean, he's reached out to me. We've talked a couple different times uh, since that show. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my I, I I I immediately think that Michael Smith is cool. My um my favorite memory of Michael Smith, uh, I'm saying like he dead or something, but um uh, <laughs> is it was back when when he was doing the podcast with uh Jamel Hill. His and, and hers um, joint. Yeah, and that Bama sang Tila Show Enough on the middle of the podcast, and I knew immediately <laughs> that like like that was like me and him would definitely be friends because nobody appreciates Tila Show Enough like me. So uh, yeah, I that's when I, knew hours away. I wanted to talk to this dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm three hours away. And, you know, you know, uh, Tila's from Memphis, so you know, it's three hours mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, them Swaff House days. I, I I'm from DC and never been too far from there but um in dc uh in the 90s we were real big uh suave house rap a lot um those types of people like down down no limit obviously uh i mean down to a g to a key type rappers for rap a lot down to them types of folks so we was uh heavy on 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 those uh types of rappers in dc so yeah, definitely uh, some rappers that I, I listened to growing up, along with, of course, you can't leave out 36 Mafia. So, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Definitely. But we was, particularly in my house, we was big uh, A-Ball, MJG, obviously, uh, oh, Player, definitely. 
uh, Mr. Mike. Like we was, we we even did like the kind of not so popular Big Mike. Uh, Big Mike was another one we used to listen to a lot. Like we was big on the not the necessarily super popular ones too. Like we was on it back then. Yeah, um, definitely could say that uh, Space Age Pippin is one of my favorite all time songs. Mm, facts. I still got it in my in my Get Pussy playlist. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Maestro. Hey, hey, go ahead and continue with the. Uh, go ahead and continue with him. I, I gotta check something in like a minute. I'll, I'll be right back. Okay, that's that's wild. But I, <laughs> um, yeah. So, Mike, man, um, let me let me. I would he he throwing me curveball, and I wasn't expecting that curveball. But I, I know I, I tried to catch up with your um. I tried to catch up with your uh, previous podcast about the AFC South. Talk to me about your podcast. Well, uh, my podcast wasn't necessarily something that I actually started out to do. I began mm-hmm. more as a writer uh, in terms of, uh, you know, covering sports and talking about sports, but more a blogger than developed, developed to a writer and, you know, things like that. But mm-hmm. um, podcast happened roughly around this time last year. So it's, it's okay. just past a year I've been doing the podcast. So. You know, I started talking, you know, AFC South and whatever on, on this app that used to be around called the Haps app. And I okay. used to talk about, you know, the AFC or the Tennessee Titans. I did a preview before the game, preview after the game. And I was thinking in my mind, like, after the season was over, I was like, I cannot continue to just talk about this, the Titans. I mean, I'm in the mm-hmm. South. I see the Jaguars. I see the Colts on TV. I see the Texans. Let's, well, let's make it AFC South. So, yeah. Name the show Torn AFC South. Started on my own, had a few guests every now and then. Then once, like, I hit August of 20, what, 2021, that's when literally, I don't know what happened, but a guest started rolling in literally every week, mm. every week. Mm. And now I'm up to, like, doing two shows a week and still having a guest every single week. That's so, what's up. That's what's up. So what's your uh, what's your background in writing? Honestly, uh, I did not go to school for writing, contrary to belief of some people that think I did. But no, I did mm-hmm. not go to school for writing. I actually have a marketing degree. Um, okay. But the story behind me uh, developing writing is my wife. <laughs> my wife actually is the, the the one anybody can thank for me writing, doing podcasts, any of that stuff. Because she challenged me when we were riding back. Mm-hmm. It, was August, uh, it was August 2008, riding back from Atlanta. And listen to something on 929 the game, and I was irritated. And I was like, I can do that. I can do that. I mean, anybody can do that. I was like, come on, you got to be kidding. But of course, my wife was like, hey, why don't you do it? Go ahead and do it. Write it. Yeah. That was me. So I started writing. And then from there, the love affair between me writing and doing podcasting began. It's been going since then. Yeah, um, I, I could tell you, man, when we first started our podcast, uh, we was real on, real big on like, uh, you know, we want to do the podcast, but then we want to start writing articles and stuff like that. And 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 Trey will speak for Trey will tell you, um, it gets fucking tedious to have to try to put out writing content at some at some type of a, a consistent clip. Like I think me and Trey uh, had agreed to doing it maybe weekly. And when I tell you, <laughs> we, we that, were so that, inconsistent. <laughs> it was trash, man. Like, I, so I, I definitely, I, de- I definitely give kudos to anybody who can write on a consistent. If, if your consistent clip is once a week, anybody who can do that for 
uh, a month or two months or, you know, God forbid, a year, um, you definitely get my respect because I, I just don't, I'd rather just tell you how I feel. And, and I get, I get the importance of writing, but I, I ain't got the energy to be writing that. I just don't. Well, I hear you there. Um, with me, honestly, I'm still kind of getting into more of my balances. This is, you know, of course, my first full time on my show, you know, my first time yeah. having that. So um, I'm still getting, you know, kind of the groove of that because sometimes I do get heavy into one and forget the other. And I don't just write about sports either. I write about things going on in the neighborhood, um, all kind of different things. Even I get into creative writing, writing short stories, poetry, all those different things I can write. Okay. So, okay. you know, I, I, I can get heavy one way or the other. It's just about finding more balance uh, so I can do all those different things and uh, create all those different things. Cause because, you know, I'm a creative. So literally any mm-hmm. idea is going to come to me. And, it, it, you know, getting all those ideas out is a chore in itself. Yeah, um, I did, I swear this is going to be the only non-sports question I ask. Um, so I I, I was uh, trying to get into the I, I didn't get through the entire la- your entire last episode, um, but uh, you did take a time take time out of your uh, busy sports podcast and schedule to talk about the uh, most anticipated album of 2022 that I currently have in my ears. We're podcasting right now, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh, give me your take on it really quick. I love the album. I love the album. The reason why I love the album is it's not it's not typical to the, the basic album that you would hear. You're talking about, you know, you're clubbing, you're doing this, you got your relationship issues, stuff like that. What it's actually talking about is it's talking about, hey, um, I have this going on. I had dad issues. I had stuff like that growing up. I have issues with society, but he's melded it into a... a you know, rhymes and things like that in a a lyrical way. Um, And honestly, he's talking about stuff that has substance and putting it with a great beat. I mean, it just, you know, he's talking about real things. And if you, you know, I will say this, as black men, a lot of the things that he's talking about in this this album speaks to black men. It's just a matter of do black men want to listen or not? Because I've seen some black men that have really not liked this album. And I'm like, okay, yeah. they're, maybe they're not ready to hear some of the truths that are coming with yeah, this. Album. That's possible. Mm. So, yeah. That's, that's Man, I, I tell you personally, I want to put We Cry Together in a fucking museum. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put that song in a museum. And, and and just if I could just put that song in a museum to be marveled for years and years down the road. I mean, obviously there are other great songs. Uh, um, the uh, the mirror train, the one book. Savior, I, which is you save your father, father time is a great N-95. fucking song. N-95. My favorite is um my favorite is the joint with Ghostface. That that's, Purple, that's, Hearts, that's, yeah. Purple Hearts, Purple Hearts, Purple that's, Hearts. That's, that's my him favorite. And, uh, right him and Summer Walker, him and Summer Walker, and Summer yeah. Walker. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, Definitely. yeah, man. The great, 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 great fucking album, man. Great fucking album. I haven't. Uh, I, I try to take breaks from it just so I can clear my palate but obviously it's like the main thing in rotation for me since friday and probably will be same for the yeah yeah i i I was joking with my friends the other day that i I would love to go back and listen to future because i liked future's album but it's really hard for me as a 38 year old man to go back to future right now with the importance of this kendrick album it's just hard to do Right, right. And and just, uh, you know, 
I will say, you know, and I'm not going to give away too much, but the Kendrick Lamar album, this album has kind of inspired a few things with the pen and pad. I will say mm-hmm. that. I'm not going to give away the entire idea. Okay. Yeah. I have an idea in the works that, I, that I'm, that I'm, I'm kind of putting together right now. It's going to take a little minute because, you know, you have to be descriptive and do those different things. Yeah. Okay, yeah. MC, MC Mike Patton. No, no, <laughs> not that. Out. Oh, okay. Oh, no, okay. That. It's gonna be, I'm about to say. I'm about to say, man. <laughs> I, okay. I would say we this. We got beats for be sale. I'm about to say we got beats for sale. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this. It's going to be something that you either, that you have and have not seen. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Basically, okay. it's going to be okay. something that you've seen in a glimpse, but something you've never seen on a large scale event. Understand, understand. We can't wait to see it, man. Yeah. All right, so we, we 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 we'll get back to sports. So, um, the AFC South, man, the AFC mm-hmm. South. You obviously you cover it in your podcast. Um, tell me about the state of the AFC South, man. And 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 before you tell me. I'm just going to tell you, man. I don't have much hope for y'all in 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 in, in the scheme of competitiveness. <laughs> now hold on before before you go, Mike. So, are you a Titans fan or not? Because I think I've heard you before say you're not a Titans fan. You just live in Nashville and you cover the team. Let me let me break it down for everybody because I know people are like, "What? He's not a Titans fan?" But here, here's how it goes. All right. Before the Titans got here, I was a San Francisco 49ers fan. That has been my team since I was a kid, just like the Bulls have been my team since before they won titles and Michael Jordan was the greatest thing on earth in basketball and the Cubs. Those have been my team since I was a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. When the Titans got here in 1999, I was a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I had been a 49ers fan for over a decade. So I wasn't leaving that team. However, I do, if the Titans are playing somebody other than the 49ers, I'm rooting for them to win. I want them to do Mm -hmm. well. But other than that, 49ers, I root for the Titans to do well because it's a hometown team. Mm-hmm. But I'm a 49ers fan. If that gotcha. breaks it down a gotcha. little bit easier. No, that's good enough. That's good enough for me. Gotcha. I, I am not a I am not a Washington Commanders fan from DC, and I've never been. <laughs> I've always been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. But I mean, if they're not playing us, hey man, have some joy. I, I, I it's it's much better conversation, particularly in DC when the city is split between Cowboy and and, and Commander fans. Um, it's always way more interesting when the commanders are winning because it makes the trash talk between them and the Cowboys uh, a little more interesting, and, and you know, at at the uh, Sunday Sunday football days. Definitely, definitely, I understand that, and I would say here that um, when the Titans are winning, when Tennessee State football, Tennessee State University football is doing well, Nashville is definitely uh, definitely humming, and especially Black Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So the AFC South, man, give it, give us, give us your, give us your spiel, man. All right. Well, I will say this: uh, I, I do think it's a two-team division right mm-hmm. now. Uh, the Colts are there, of course. They traded for Matt Ryan, which you know they they kind of the 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 Falcons kind of bungled that up by you know trading for Deshaun, trying to trade for Deshaun Watson, and you got Matt Ryan right there, and he you know so I think you mm-hmm. had to get rid of him at that point. Um, so, you know, they upgraded the quarterback position. They still are kind of lacking, I would say, in terms of weapons outside of Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. So yeah, those and they got and they got solid defense. As far as the Titans, I would say they kind of mirror they, they those teams mirror each other because they have, you know, strong running game, you know, quarterback, you still have some questions. So so you know, no matter what, yeah. no matter what anybody says, 
people still have questions about Matt Ryan as well as Ryan Tannehill. So mm, let's absolutely. just keep that a buck right yep. there. So, you know, the running games are strong and the defenses are strong. The only difference is, is that the Titans have potentially more weapons, especially after the draft. You know, they have they, they got Robert Woods in the trade from the from the Rams. They also picked up Traylon Burks in the draft from Arkansas. They did also pick up Austin Hooper, who was a tight end for Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Oh, I didn't know they got Austin Hooper. Yep, they got a one year, six and a half million dollar deal. Okay. And they also okay. got they also got Chig Okwanku uh, from uh, Maryland. So Maryland, he actually yeah. is, he's a John Lewis Smith clone. Because if you look at the guys they got, and of course, mm-hmm. by the way, they got rid of AJ Brown, which that's a big question mark in terms of their receiving core. Big deal, man. Big deal. Huge. Big, big deal. But the thing is with the defense, uh, I mean, with the offense, I'm sorry, the players that they drafted, if you look at them, they're clones of people that Ryan Tannehill had his best years with. You look at A.J. Brown, you've got Traylon Burks, who is a, basically compared to A.J. Brown, looks kind of the same type of build. Maybe Burks is a little bigger. Then you have a tight end. You have Chig Okwanku, who mimics Johnny Smith. He's playing for the, the New England Patriots right now. And yep. also you have uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Phillips, I believe, is a slot guy from UCLA who mimics Adam Humphreys. All three of those guys, Adam Humphreys, um, Johnny Smith, and – and A.J. Brown were all yeah. there when Ryan Tannehill had his best year. Yeah, year. So yeah. they're kind of trying to mimic, uh, to be honest, they're trying to mimic those type of players that they're bringing in. Solid defense as well. And as far as Jacksonville, you don't know necessarily what you're going to get there. They brought, they spent a lot of money. I mean, they got. They definitely spent some money. Yeah, Christian they, Kirk. They they made Christian Kirk like uh, one of the <laughs> highest paid receivers in the league. And it's like, that's why these other guys are getting a 25 mil a year. I will say this, uh, you know, not necessarily him as the, the greatest accomplishment that they did this offseason, but I will say the greatest uh, the greatest potential worth for them, Evan Ingram, they got from the Giants. Mm. Now, if that guy mm. on the football actually focus, maybe he can make some plays and be consistent. And, you know, if that happens, you've got a Pro Bowl tight end that's going to make plays. Yeah. But if yeah. not, then, you you know, you're only on a one-year deal with him and you're really not tied to him longer. So he's well, Jacksonville has definitely upgraded the coaching position. I think that's <laughs> probably the biggest <laughs> offseason move for Jacksonville, if you ask me, was Correct. getting rid of the tox, you know, getting rid of the toxic, you know, Urban Meyer and bringing in Doug Peterson, um, who has experience, has won a Super Bowl and, you know, can coach offense, which I think this right. offense needs desperately. Right, and I got to witness him firsthand when I was covering my first Super Bowl, Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually covered uh, the Super Bowl in Minneapolis when uh, they were going the Eagles to the Super Patriots. Mm-hmm. Yes, I okay. was there. I was actually in there live. That, that, uh, anyone that tells you that it's not cold inside the dome in there in Minneapolis in February is telling you a story. Because we were in there, <laughs> and it was freezing up top. We, they, had, uh, they had one media section down low. And they had the auxiliary media section that was a little bit more up top. Mm-hmm. And that one up there, I was so glad I had a coat on that day. Man, if I did wow. that, you know, wow. I'd have been freezing to me. Cold. So I have experience in that stadium, Mike. I, uh, Me and my wife, we flew to Minneapolis for a few days. Um, I'm a Ravens fan. So the Ravens played the Vikings that weekend. And that particular stadium, while it's a nice stadium, they leave the concourse doors open 
like open air travels from the outside into the stadium. I mean, even though it's got a dome over top of it, like they leave all those doors at the um, concourse open. So, I mean, I could understand, you know, why it would be so cold on top of the fact that Minneapolis in December, January is, you know, minus 10. Right, right. And then honestly, it snowed every day while we were there. Mm -hmm. It was below zero every day we were there. Yeah. Now I did. Crazy. I did get to meet a few people. I got to meet uh, Stephen A. Actually, okay. Um, oh, okay. Was he was, <laughs> I, I got, he, was he complaining you, about the cold? He was complaining about the no. cold, wasn't he? Nah, he's from New York City. He's <laughs> no. not complaining about the cold. Yeah. But I will say <laughs> this about uh, Stephen A. I, and I haven't told. I've told many people. I, haven't, I don't think I've told this story on air before. But I actually, you know, met him, talked to him for a minute. You know, didn't really talk to him too much because you know he he had he was on the go. He's like, hey, you know, and he talks. You know how fast he talks on TV. Yeah, he talks yeah. Times faster off air. I imagine. I so, imagine. Like, mm -hmm. He's like, I was like, good gracious, I can't get a word. But okay, mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, I guess let me take a picture. Whatever. Um, we were in Media Row. Yeah. Which Media Row actually was in their big old mall they had. They blocked off an area in the mall on the top floor. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, because they got one like the big one of those Mall of America. Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. I will mm -hmm. say the media the media party was definitely fun. But it was in that mall too. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but uh, as far as the, um, the the picture, you know, I'm we're getting ready to take the picture, and I look over, he's breaking out a cone. So I'm thinking, oh, he's gonna you know brush top his head, whatever, whatever, right? No, no, he takes the cone to the back of his neck, combs all the way to the front, mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like. Who does this? Who he ain't gonna save that headline. This. <laughs> so he literally was coming from the back of his neck all the way to the front of his head. That's what's up. That's what's up. Wow. <laughs> well, at least he's aware. He's aware. He ain't, he ain't never been uh, judged for not being aware about his headline. Yeah, he don't um, let that go. I, I got a question going back to the AFC South. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I, this running back, Travis. Uh, Etienne, Etienne. Who, was in, Etienne. Who, was in, who was injured. Um, how how do you, do you think that that's going to have any effect on the on Jacksonville? Um, I ask because um, we obviously Pittsburgh obviously picked Najee Harris and um, I, I think a, a pick before Etienne, and so so we snubbed. You know, we got Najee, which works for us. But I was curious about Etienne going in. Um, what do you think he's going to have? Like a like. A first round running back type of effect on Jacksonville next year, even with James Robinson, who's I, who I believe is still there. Oh, he's, he's definitely still there. They're both coming off injuries, by the way. Um, yeah, Kevin's right. Injury for yeah. James Robinson too. Um, but what I will say about this team, mm, he'll have an impact, uh, especially if they use him the way Urban Meyer uh, expected to use him. Because before his injury, they were actually using him as a wide receiver too, and splitting and splitting him out some. So wow. it wouldn't if they use him in that aspect along with a running back area, you know, running back, you know, carry stuff like that. Then of course he can have an impact. Do I think he will have a huge impact on the team? No, James Robinson mm -hmm. is the man there. I don't know why they drafted Travis Etienne there last year. I was so perplexed by that draft pick, but again, yeah. it's Urban Meyer making it. So that's take that for what you may. But gotcha. it just nah. It, it I don't see him making a huge impact. Uh, also, you know, one thing I would say though is after this year, you could possibly see James Robinson get traded for ETN to get more right, mm -hmm. right, yeah. right. 
And, and, and speaking of running the- backs, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you, Mike. Speaking of I- running backs, I heard earlier that the kind of sticking into the division for a minute here, the Colts picked up Philip Lindsay. I'm not sure if you had mentioned that while I was out, but yes. um, that, you know, I- that was a guy that I was, you know, I had my radar on going back to last year when the Ravens had all their running backs um, injured in the offseason. And um, I think he's going to be a good addition to the Colts. Um, I think it's going to help, you know, take the load off of Jonathan Taylor and those guys. And uh, who's the other running back? Um, Hines. Naeem Hines. Right? Hines. Hines. Yeah, I, I think he's a pretty good player, too. But adding Philip Lindsay to that running back room, I think it's really going to help that running game overall. Um, I would say this. Uh, I'm not for sure yet. I, I like Philip Lindsay. What's that? I was no, I was agreeing with you. I, I, oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not for sure yet because you know Jonathan Taylor is going to get the line share of the carries. Uh, Naeem Hines is you know if people people want to say it or not as as they are currently constructed, mm-hmm. he is their second best wide receiver. So he's going to get yep. on the field. Yeah. So as far yep. as Philip Lindsay, I'm I'm not sure if I see a ton of playing time for him. To be honest, I mean the only thing I can say is if he plays. Uh, if he plays, if he plays, you know, a lot of the snaps offensively, it's because mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor's hurt or Naeem Hines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. What What do you think is wrong with Philip Lindsay? Like, why has he been traded so much? Why has he been on these different teams over the last couple of years? Uh, the reason why is because, you know, he runs hard, he plays aggressive, but he's not a bigger guy. Yeah. So, you know, it takes like maybe one tackle to bring him down a lot sometimes. And yeah. that in itself is not something you want in terms of a, a, a running back giving you 20, 30 carries, 20, well, 20 carries at the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, that's, unfortunately, why be- that's why Houston was gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to be honest, this is why he didn't work in Denver. They got bigger guys. Um, right. uh, unfortunately, because you covered the AFC South, um, I'm going to ask, and you got to, and you got to give me some type of an answer, even if it's a bland <laughs> and mundane answer. Tell me about the Houston Texans. Okay, I, I can definitely tell you about them, and I did neglect to talk about them. And the Houston Texans <laughs> fans, it wasn't on purpose. And I wouldn't have blamed you if you did, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I will say, I, I'll say that um, they did a few things this uh, this draft to actually, you know, kind of make themselves a little better. Derek Stingley, I, I understand the premise behind it. I'm still kind of like, can he recover to be that guy he was his freshman yeah, year of college? But he, the talent's there. He got he's got all the tools. He's got the size, the speed. He comes up with tackles. He does all the things that a Lovey Smith corner uh, mm-hmm. needs to do. Um, right. The question I have is they don't have anybody to rush the passer. Looking at it right now, like, I mean, they they had a chance to add somebody in the draft. I would think maybe uh, second, third round, something. They didn't add anybody, mm-hmm. and that that was kind of questionable to me. So nobody's running the pass, rushing the passer. Unless they, you know, they guess dig up the rotten remains of Whitney Marcellus and, and tell him to get out there. But uh, other than that, no, you know, not Whitney Marcellus is not dead. Before anybody says that, no, he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, as far as offensively, you know, they go on with Davis Mills. They believe Davis Mills might be their guy, so you know, they took time to you know get uh, Mitchie uh, from mm-hmm. Alabama, who's recovering still, but he'll be ready for the season. Um, they did draft the offensive guard, which is good because you don't want your quarterback looking up counting the stars all game or the lights, yep. whichever which one. Yeah. Um, yep. So 
that's a key thing. I think offensively they've done a few things. I, I like Brevin Jordan to maybe take another step forward this year. He's a tight end out of uh, Miami. And okay. I just wonder who's going to be that guy stepping alongside Brandon Cooks. Is, is Mechie going to be that guy automatically to do so? Is Chris Conley actually going to show up more than a few games? I mean, he showed up one game when he uh, mm-hmm. beat the Chargers, but yeah. honestly, he doesn't show up consistently. He's got that one route he's going to beat you for. That's that go route. But other than that, he doesn't show up consistently on, on the field. So that's going to be a question, a lot of question marks that they have as a team, along with trying to find their way. But, you know, God bless Loving. He got another coaching job, but I don't know if this yep. was the one he wanted. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't. Hey, Houston fans, just there you go. Just in case you, just in case you <laughs> thought we wasn't going to talk, wasn't going to talk yeah. for you. I'll say this one quick thing though, and they do have a lot of holes on that roster. But I think one thing I think we know about Lovey Smith, going back to his Chicago days, is that his teams usually play for him hard, and I think he's going to get those players to play hard. It's not necessarily going to mean that it's going to translate into wins but i think the players are going to react to lovey and his coaching yeah definitely, definitely. With that. Uh, i will say this you know i'm going to say something and some people are going to look at me a little sideways when i say this i view lovey smith as the black macgyver of coaches mm. now the white macgyver mm. of coaches is bill belichick because he can take anything and make it work. anybody yeah i agree now, i agree, lovey smith, I agree. The black version, and he can because yeah. when you look at that Texans defense, that Chicago team last year, yeah, exactly, That's exactly. They had, a, yeah, you're right. They weren't that good, like talent wise. Like there were no big marquee names in Chicago. Like he just put some guys together. Right, right. And in Houston last year, defensively, he just put some guys together. In some games, they made it hard on people, especially with Justin Herbert. You know, you would have mm-hmm. never expected them to beat the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was puzzling. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely confusing right there. Hey, hey um, man, oh, go ahead, Warren. go ahead, bro. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna transition to some NBA real quick, but before we kind of get into um, some of the playoff action, the Orlando Magic have the number one pick. I just saw that on Twitter. Um, your Wizards is number eleven, Maestro, and my Knicks are yeah. number ten, which is kind of what. We expected. It's kind of like what we talked about at the beginning of the show. So, if you would have asked me to predict, I would have said twelve. So, I, I guess I wasn't that far. You're not far. You're not far, brother. Yeah, we 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 right in that range, brother. But I'm curious to who's got number two and number three. I can't get that right this second. But let's let's get into the playoffs, man. And kind of going back to Game Seven on Sunday between Dallas and Phoenix, bro. Um, you know, me and Maestro, we we were kind of going back and forth on Twitter a little bit, and Luca is an absolute dog killer of, of a player. Killer. Um, the, the story too bad that me, the kid would, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. Too bad that the kill that the prey didn't fight back too crazy. It was an easy yeah, kill. That's the that's the story <laughs> for me. The the story for me is book and CP3 with three points combined to end the first half. Like that's that that ain't gonna get it done, bruh. What, what was your thoughts about the series? Well, you know, when you first watched the, the first two games, I was like, okay, this is going to be easy work for the Suns. Then it goes back to Dallas and the role players, the others, as Shaq would say, yep. start to play. You know, you have your Jalen Brunson, you have Dorian Finney-Smith hitting three-pointers. You got Reggie Bullock hitting three-pointers from the corner. 
You got, uh, let's see, you got uh, Spencer Dinwiddie hitting shots. I mean, you got players that are role players, Brunson, all of them stepping up. And what, you know, my question was, is can they carry that momentum to Dallas? I mean, to Phoenix. Yeah. And they couldn't carry it for the first few games in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But game seven, I don't know what the heck happened, but they found something and, and they changed their defensive strategies, which I have to give a lot of credit mm-hmm. Jason Kidd for. They kind of they made the Phoenix Suns uncomfortable in their own offense as the series mm-hmm. went on. Great adjustments by Jason Kidd. Yeah, shout out to Jason Kidd for that too. And especially uh, Dinwiddie with the 30 points also. You know, we talked about the others showing up for Dallas. Spencer Dinwiddie deserves, you know, love and credit for that. Um, Sorry, you know, about my, my, yeah, <laughs> not, 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 look, man. Um, shout out to Jason Kidd, and he deserves praise. But, and we talked about it earlier, Trey. I got to knock Devin Booker some steps. They got he got to be knocked some notches down. Yeah, Chris Paul got to be knocked some notches down. DeAndre Ayton got to be knocked some steps down. I don't care. I like, I, I get it. I think I think when you consider and 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 I guess for any for me this is more of a Devin Booker credit criticism than anybody because he's the star of the team. Um, yeah, you you got to get knocked down some notches, bro. Because y'all wasn't even shooting, bro. That wasn't even shooting. Uh, I'll say this about that game and watching it. Um, just in the whole totality of things, you know, I listened to a little bit of uh, J.J. Riddick talking. You know, as much as I didn't like him as a player in the NBA and like him when he was at Duke, oh, I, thoroughly enjoy him. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy him as an analyst. I mean, I, mean, I like him as an analyst. But, you know, he said a few things that were that were really, really important when, I, when listening to him. The Phoenix Suns are a big jump shooting team. And when your star player is a big jump shooting team and big jump shooter himself, and he doesn't get to the mm-hmm. line very much, that yeah. can spell problems. That's where Devin Booker is, which means he needs to go to the hole a little bit more. And I think this he can take this as a learning uh, experience going into next season. But one thing I will tell a lot of people, and I said this on, on Twitter today, there is no more the next Kobe. There's no more the next Michael. There's no more the next any of those players. They are the first who they are. Please quit putting expectations of people being the next of somebody else because they're not. Their DNA is not in them. Unless it is their son or their offspring, their DNA is not in them. So, you know, trust Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul, we've seen this story before. I mean, he's still a great point guard, one of the greatest point guards of Mm -hmm. all time. He just Mm -hmm. really gets to the postseason, and he's one of your best options in terms of, you know, your your number one option is not really – doing this thing and then you have your your your, your other options really not being consistent as well you, you can't chris paul can't pick up that slack because a lot of people will say this and i'll say it too he's not necessarily a guy that's physically imposing so he can't he's got to exert a lot of energy to get the things that he does on the floor going yeah and they yeah. tired him out and somebody in our chat said earlier that he's definitely lost a step on the defensive end And I think that was glaring in game seven and really, you know, throughout these playoffs, I thought in spots it was glaring. Yes, because he definitely has. He has to beat you more, a little bit more of the smarts than he does actually with his feet Mm -hmm. as as much these days. And the thing that the Mavericks were doing, they were isolating him literally every time. Every time, yeah. He he couldn't guard Brunson. 
could not guard Dinwiddie and he could not guard Luca. I mean, and nobody could guard Luca on their team anyway. But you know, right. So why, so why haters mad at Pat Bev for calling him a cone and everybody was running around him like he was a cone? Well, I'll say this: he's not necessarily a cone. But then again, you also got to listen to who who's saying this. Yeah. Uh, any any man that's that still remembers a story about how he destroyed Chris Paul at a LeBron James is camp. The- it's it's somebody that has definitely got a little salt. Yeah, definitely is, is he definitely is salty about something. He's got some weight about him, yeah. And to, yeah. so you know, it kind of if he wants to, you know, a tip for him if he wants to continue to be an analyst, take your personal feelings out of it, some instances, and be an analyst. Don't be a personalist, which is what he mm-hmm. was. Doing. So yeah, you know, so, yeah. I mean. I mean, I agree with you. In, in, in the long term of him being an analyst, I 100% agree with you. But the, but the shade that's going on right now, and that's right now, I like it. <laughs> um, it's entertaining. Um, but. And Maestro, low key, not to cut you, but low key, mm-hmm. ESPN loves it too. They're, they're not yeah, going right. to tell you that. 100%. Right. But they, they loved what happened the past couple of days on set. You know, with him going right. back and forth with JJ Reddick, with him taking all the ammo on CP3, they 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 love it. I think they did. Yeah. Honestly, I think they set this up so that he can take those shots at Chris Paul. Mm. I believe so too. Mm. I, I, yeah. I, I certainly. I can't that. disagree with you. I definitely can't disagree with you. I definitely can't disagree with you. I definitely can't disagree with you. So, um, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You transition. I knew you transition. That's what I was about to do. Yeah. Um. So the Warriors. So they take care of business against Memphis. Um. I mean, I think everybody kind of saw that coming without John Morant the past couple of games in that series. So the transition to the Western Conference Finals is Luca versus Steph, Clay, Dre, and those guys. Um. How do you see this thing playing out? Okay, here's what I see happening. And I know people are going to tell me about myself. I know. I have the Mavs winning in six games. Mm, I like it. I'll, I'll, I'll repeat that again. I have the I like Mavs it. winning in six games. Here's why I do. I mean, you know, a lot of people are making, you know, saying Steph is this, Steph is doing that. But, you know, also you got to look at the numbers. Steph's shooting it a lot of times to get his points these days. Yeah. Um, also, Clay is not the same Clay, especially defensively. So you don't have that guy nah, in the to be like, okay, if, if, if Gary Payton Jr. was there or Gary Payton II was there, I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. The Warriors will win the series. But he's not there to take Luka. So now you got to rotate Clay, Draymond, whoever. Yeah, Jordan Poole, yeah. No, no, Jordan Poole's not guarding him. Yeah. We, we can't have him mm-hmm. dancing like he was on Ja. You know, we can't. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it just, nah. I, I just don't uh, – that, that's one thing I don't see. I don't see them doing that. The biggest thing is it all comes down to Luca offensively. If Luca's getting everybody involved and people are hitting shots, yeah, the, the, the Mavericks will win this series. If he does not and he yells to, uh, I'm Luca, I'm going to score every time down down the, down the court, nah, they, they won't win this series. But I think Luca kind of got a taste of what he needed to do last series, deferring to his teammates, uh, letting them kind of get off and then him kind of easing into it, which he did to the tune of 27 points in the first half. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he got other guys got going as well. And I think defensively, yeah. I think Jason Kidd is going to go at Steph Curry. And not only Steph Curry, I think he might, if if Draymond steps out there and tries to guard guard Luka, he might have something for him too. 
So I think they're going to go at Steph Curry. I think what they should do is look at the the uh, remember the Cavaliers series. The Cavaliers come back three one win the win the yep. title. Mm-hmm. Say, yeah. Biggest thing, biggest thing they did. They set the screen on. Um, they set the screen to get Steph on Kyrie, and it was and it was pop barbecue chicken literally yeah. every time. Yeah. So yeah. I think they're going to do a little yeah. bit of that. Uh, Clay cannot necessarily Clay's still solid defensively, but I don't think he's got anything for Luca right now. I think his size may bother him, but I don't think mm-hmm. the lateral the lateral quickness, especially coming off an Achilles tear and then an ACL tear, not quite there. Um, for the Warriors to win, they do need the others. They do need Jordan Poole to be Jordan Jordan Poole that he's been, you know, majority of the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But I like your pick, though. Um, I do like it. I disagree with it, but I like it. I do like it. <laughs> nah. So Jason oh. Kidd's gonna have some, gonna have something for him because that's the thing. I, I think a lot of people are getting are, are missing. Even though Steve Kerr is a great coach, he makes adjustments as well. Jason Kidd has been doing this for a while. He did it when he was yeah. in in Brooklyn. In Milwaukee. He did it when he was in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, the only reason he wasn't there is because he wanted more power. If he yeah, wasn't, right. didn't want more power in Milwaukee, he'd still be the coach. And they probably would have won a title mm-hmm. under him. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I sit here and think about the Lakers going through their coaching, uh, their little coaching <laughs> thing right now. And they had Jason Kidd sitting on the bench. Yep. When they, they hired Vogel. No, no, no. They hired, no, they hired, uh, they hired Vogel. And he brought him in as an assistant coach. The thing yeah. was, the reason why Jason Kidd didn't get hired as the head coach is because they wanted to help him pick his assistants. That's why he did not get hired as the as the Lakers head coach. Oh, that's why. Because I yeah. kept hearing I kept hearing about all the like some of the past issues he's had off the court and stuff, which mm-hmm. I thought was nonsense at the time. But yeah, I, I didn't know that. They wouldn't let yes. him pick his own stuff. Yeah. Uh, imagine that. <laughs> imagine <laughs> that. The great Lakers <laughs> can't let them. It makes me. It, yeah, it makes people. me. Then they get what they deserve this year. <laughs> Facts. Well, they did. Mm-hmm. Well, they did when they won title out of it. So you know, they, I think. Yeah, they, that's true too. That's true too. That's true too. Um, yeah, and, and just to kind of, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and throw my prediction out there, Trey. I got the Warriors in seven. Um, but I do mm-hmm. think it's a seven game series. I do think that experience, I do just think experience is just going to out, out, outweigh what the Mavs do. Um, I don't believe Spencer Dinwiddie, the likes of a Spencer Dinwiddie, the likes of a Finney Smith. Um, I don't think they, I think they'll have their moments. I don't think their moments will shine bright enough to beat the Warriors. Well, I agree with you that it's going to be a seven-game series. I just think that the Warriors are just too good and too experienced for it to end any lesser than that. But I'm going with the Mavericks in seven mm. on this one. I'm, I'm, you know, Luca. Luca's that dude. But the one time. But in in reference to Dinwiddie and the other guys, Jalen Brunson, Finney Smith, um, I think I can trust Spencer Dinwiddie. In a, in a situation, you know, in a, a tight situation. Really? Um, yeah. He's had he's had some moments now. Um, you know, and I get it's regular season, but you go back to that regular season matchup in Brooklyn, he hit a he hit a buzzer beater and you know, and he's hit a few of those, you know, he hasn't been career. shooting that great. I mean, with the Wizards or with Dallas during the regular season. Yeah, I get that. Like in terms of field goal especially percentage with, and all especially that. Especially now with the Wizards. Yeah, I, I I get that part. I'm just well, he's trying I'm, to be the leader in the Wizards too, so you know he's carrying the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I, I just think I just think Dinwiddie. I, I I think I think he's ready for the moment. I mean, 
and I and I get it was a blowout against Phoenix, but he he definitely played well in the game seven on the road. He definitely played well in in that re- kind of environment. The reason why I wouldn't be surprised about the Mavericks winning is because it's 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 my my yearly play playoff mantra that me and Trey talk about every single playoff. Um, the best player in that series is Luka Doncic, and I do uh, count. I pride myself. I think that when you are that dude, you just got to will your team. You just got to will your team. It's just what it is. You have to will your team. Yeah, you need help and all those things, but at the end of the day, yeah. uh, the wins and losses kind of do lay. <laughs> they kind of do lay in your lap, though. Whether whether Dinwiddie scored thirty one or not uh, in Game Seven. That win would have laid in uh, Luca's lap, win or lose, no matter what happened. Of course, so you kind of got to be that guy that just will. However, it happens. If you score two points and have forty eight assists, that's going to be the thing. You you willed your team. It's always going to kind of lay in your lap um, in that respect in the playoffs, um, which is why I put that kind of pressure on those types of players. Um, but I, I think I, I just think I just think the Warriors, man. I just think they they kind of they kind of been cooking this for a couple of years with injuries. They've been kind of cooking this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's prime. They're primed to do so. I mean, with who's yeah. left in the playoffs? I mean, they're the, they're the ones with the most experience. So um, it wouldn't shock me if to see them in the NBA Finals. Um, so. How y'all feeling about the Eastern Conference Finals? It's uh, the Heat versus the Celtics. Um, I'll just lay it out here right now. And people are going to look at me all crazy. Look, yeah. man, part, I, I got part three in the finals. And for people that don't know what part three is, I got Dallas in the Heat in the finals. That's what mm. I mean by part three. Because every time Dallas goes to the finals, they're always facing the Heat the past couple of times. So... <laughs> So now I think it's going to be Dallas versus Heat Part 3. We're on the same page. Me and you are on the same page. I've got the Heat winning at 7. I mean, honestly, I like the Celtics. But, you know, the thing that irritates me about watching the Celtics time and time again, Jason Tatum, can you please make an easy shot for yourself? It's always a difficult shot. And, you know, there's only so much of that that's going to carry you, especially Mm -hmm. as the season going on, uh, your legs are getting tired. Uh, you know, and that's what bothers me about them. And, you know, I, 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 you know, and then also, of course, now you got Al Horford that's out for the first game and potentially the second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got yeah. Marcus Smart that's hobbling along with his foot. So that's a couple of chinks in the armor as well. And you don't really want to have that going against one of the more physical teams and a team that yeah. actually can beat you up on the boards. Yeah. You know, yes. Yeah. In the Miami Heat. Yeah. Grant Williams ain't going to drop 25 again. Nope. No time yeah. soon, anyway. So yeah, maybe one game. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I I don't like Boston. Um, let's be clear about that. I don't like Boston. Um, so it's easier for me to pick the Heat. Um, so I got the Heat, and I got the Heat in six. I think that. Um, look, man, I don't like I don't like the Celtics. Let me, and I said it. I'm gonna say it again, to because so everybody knows. You don't, like, don't like the Celtics. Celtics. It's it's personal uh, we, for me, Mike. It's personal. Yeah, it's personal. Um, they they, I don't like that whole blackout situation that we was dealing with a couple years ago with the Wizards. I don't like it. I don't. I don't. I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and I stand on that. 
Um, but with that being said, uh, I think, like you said, with all the injuries going on early with Boston, um, Jimmy Butler is probably and probably and it's probably his fault. Probably the one of the more underrated two way players in the game, um, and he's just going. I think he's going to shine. I, I I do. I think he's going to shine. Yes, that's why he's my favorite player in the NBA. Jimmy Butler, yes, is my favorite player in the NBA. Before that, you'll never guess who my favorite player was. Who's that? Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace? Okay. okay. I, like, I love defense. Then I understand. I like then it. I understand. Yeah. I was going to say, then I understand why you like Jimmy Butler then. I get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's the, he's the guy that, that made it and built himself to who he is now. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I can only applaud a guy that does that. One of the few yeah, dogs I, left in the league today. Jimmy Butler, for sure. I mean, all the way, dog. Like, yeah. all the way. Not just he can score, but yeah. he'll strap up. Yeah, like, he won. And he's averaging 29 in these playoffs right now. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. up this game from the regular season till now. That That's what I could appreciate right. about him. So, do the let, let me just throw it out there. I mean, we don't, we don't agree with who's going in the West, but uh, I, I like to speculate. The Heat can probably pull this off this year. Yes, I believe the Heat can potentially win the title this year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll be honest yeah. with I, you. With whoever comes out the best, I think. Yeah, I'll be honest yeah. with you because I'm a Knicks fan, so there's there's a little bit of deep <laughs> hatred for the Miami Heat going back, you know, 20-something years ago. There's a little bit of that, but – I like it because it's different. You know, this Miami Heat team is a different team than the past teams. So that's why that's that's part of why I'm picking them. And because I'm a New Yorker and I hate everything Boston, I just I I just can't come to grips with myself to pick the Celtics, even though they may have the best player in the series. Jason Tatum may be the best player in the series, but I just I just I, I can't come. I, I can't come to grips with picking them. But here's the here's the here's the thing about because I and, and we and uh Mike, you wasn't you um this was earlier in the episode, but we kind of did a, mm-hmm. a a freestyle top ten NBA players in the league because we were trying to decide whether we felt like Devin Booker was a top ten player in the league. And um and Jason Tatum made the top ten for obvious reasons. But um the thing about Jimmy Butler is Trey is <laughs> Jimmy Butler got a history of taking those dudes that that are in the top ten, but mm-hmm. yeah. you know we don't mm-hmm. really know. Like he ain't necessarily hit his plateau yet. Meaning Giannis Antetokounmpo, yeah. and he didn't kind of <laughs> uh, you know shut yeah. all that down. Where we had the question, yeah. locked them up. Yeah, was Giannis was Giannis yeah. really? As advertised, mm-hmm. I'll say that I'll say that um, Jason Tatum got a long series ahead of him. Yeah, he definitely does. I mean, not only him, but I think he'll get a little bit of Struce tonight as well. So a little yeah, bit yeah. of Struce is going to happen. Um, I would say he may get a slight portion of Bam, uh, and you know, just to throw a little bit of sprinkle on that, maybe a, a sprinkle of Oladipo, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oladipo not a bad two-way player. Nah, he's not. He's just still trying to recover and get himself recover. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had a great game against who was it? Atlanta in the first round when he had to come yes. in for uh, Jimmy Butler. Yes, he did that one game. Yeah, he 
he definitely, I was happy for him um, going into that game. And, you know, I think he finished with like 19 points and eight rebounds or something like that. So, you know, happy to see him kind of get his feet, you know, back under him. And I think he's going to be pivotal down a stretch in these playoffs too. Definitely. He definitely is. Yeah. I got just got a few more uh, questions for you, man. Um, Just wanted to kind of transition over to, uh, Nashville, the city where you're at right now. And just to kind of talk about the situation with the stadium for the Titans. Um, I read somewhere that, um, the stadium is supposed to be $1.2 billion with like 700 million of it coming from the team and about 500 million coming from, I guess, the Metro area down there. Um, it'd be the state, the state, the state, right. The, the, state's, the state's actually earmarking, the state's actually earmarking. 500 million. Got it. So um, I bring that up, not so much to talk about the stadium so much, but just to kind of bring up the point that it appears that these late 90s, early 2000 stadiums that were considered the modern day stadium are no longer that. You know, you got the Brave Stadium, you know, Turner Field was built in 96 and they kind of quit on that after 20 years. You got the Rangers ballpark down in Texas. They got their own facility after 20 years at the old spot. So it it appears to me that this is kind of setting the precedent for other teams across the country. Even if you've had a stadium currently for 20 years that up, we got to get something else. We got to get a brand new one. How are you feeling about that? Man, I I don't necessarily like it that they're living in the public funds when, you know, you got teachers out here that are underpaid and schools that are underfunded. I don't like that portion of it at all. Mm -hmm. But getting to the stadium part of it, I mean. This is America. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. But, uh, you know, as far as uh, the stadium, I mean, it's got so much damage to it. The last time they didn't so many repairs or anything, the Titans actually paid for those themselves through things that, through ways they made extra money from the stadium. So this time, of course, you know, it's not enough money for them to do that. But, you know, you wouldn't, you know, for as much as they're supposed to be giving or said to be giving, you don't hear that that much from a whole other organization. You don't hear that much from any other organizations around the country. So, I mean, at least they're giving that much. But I'm wondering how they're going to cover for it. With so many hotels coming up in Nashville, I would say yeah. hotel tax probably. And I would also say maybe the NFL kicks in because if that happens, that means the Super Bowl is coming here to Nashville, which this stadium, the reason why they earmarked 500 million and it comes with a condition. The governor basically said if it has a roof on it, he'll give the 500 million or earmark the 500 million. It has to have a roof on it. So that way, mm-hmm. you know, the state, you know, the Super Bowl, WrestleMania, all those different yeah. things can come here. Yeah. And they had yeah. the NFL draft in Nashville just a couple of years I was ago. There. I, I was there. That was insane. Mm-hmm. I was actually I was in media. I was actually on red carpet. I got to see uh what Kyler Murray and mm-hmm. all those guys got to interview uh Devin White. Uh man, it okay. was fun. It was fun times, man. It was a oh, lot, yeah, that's lot, lot of people there. That's what's people. up. So sure. so the fact that they have the NFL draft in your city opens up mm-hmm. a lot of avenues for more events like the Super Bowl, which I would expect if they get the stadium economy. built, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it, it definitely right. boosted the economy, no question. Right, right. I mean, Nashville's been booming for a while. A lot of people have been moving here from like L.A. and New York, uh, Chicago as well, so, and Atlanta. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely is going to continue to boom, and that would just take it to another uh, another level. And with as many hotels that are being built here, uh, I mean, each and every month, I mean, literally where I work, there's a hotel connected to where that where I work that's getting ready to come up uh, end of June. So, yeah. That's so awesome. all those different things, yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. All yeah. the hotels, we got W here now, we got Virgin Hotel, we got all those different things that are here in Nashville that if you look back maybe five to ten years ago, we're not even here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Nashville okay. is one of those places that's on my list to come visit. And I got some people in that. Go to Jefferson Street. Jefferson Street? Yep. Okay. Yeah, Jefferson Street is uh Jefferson Street's historic because you have Fisk, Meharry, and Tennessee State all on the same street, which are all HBCUs. And Meharry mm. Medical Mary's a medical a medical college, by the way. Mm. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. I, I told my mother, because she lives in Atlanta, I told her whenever mm-hmm. I come see her for a week. I know that drive is only like three hours and yeah. you know, that could be like a day trip for us. So I don't so, know if you want to make that a day trip over the mount over the mountains, man. Cause you try to you got to go up in the mountains. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. No, you don't want, you don't want that to be a day trip and a night trip. Nah, you oh, don't want okay. That night trip. oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I don't like the word mountains. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't even yep. like that word. <laughs> I don't even yep. like so that word. They call it going up on old Mount Mount Eagle. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go up it. And it's pretty. It's it's pretty uh, nice going up it and then going down it. Yeah, you're gonna be hugging your brakes going down it. I wouldn't say you're gonna mm. be like on them on them, but you're gonna be. You can't yeah. come flying down the hill because if you start just you know regular you know push the acceleration, yeah, That's you're gonna right. really be like you're gonna really hit like 100 miles an hour going down it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely not. So, Mike, the other thing that it's potentially going on in your city. So you have the likes of Eddie George, Dave Stewart, uh, Justin Timberlake, and a few other people uh, mm-hmm. affiliated with the area um, forming a business, um, a joint venture um, mm-hmm. to potentially pursue a Major League Baseball expansion team, which would be the first um, minority-owned baseball team in you know in league history um how do you feel about that and what do you think the chances are of the city getting a baseball team uh honestly i don't know because the biggest thing is you got to figure out where you're going to put them right now in downtown nashville you really don't have a space to put them uh there's no space near the tight stadium people talk about lincoln state you know during during the water all those different things uh, I don't know if there's space to put them in. You know, honestly, you might have to do the stadium outside the city, which is not what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there is one place that's near the stadium, but they haven't been able to get this guy to sell his property for years. It's, it's an old, uh, it's a trash dump. And they mm-hmm. have not been able to get him to sell that trash dump in years. And it's mm-hmm. near, it's near Titan Stadium. So if that happens and he's able to sell that and they're going to give him a check for that, yeah, I can see that happening. But if not, I'm not for sure I see it happening. Uh, I think it may be a, a lost cause for a while, to be honest. And also, they just built a new AAA ballpark, a brand new AAA ballpark for the Nashville Sounds. Uh, not too far along, not too, maybe like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and that one can't expand to be a major league stadium. It just doesn't have the, the wherewithal to do so. Mm. So, so honestly, I, I don't I don't have high hopes for the port getting here. You know, it could happen, but I don't have high hopes for it. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. No doubt. No doubt. Um, we love to see it happen for some black people, though. 
So, yeah, in it's terms nice. of the ownership part of it, yeah. I would love to see that happen. Right. It'd be nice, man. You know, Eddie George already is uh, making waves over at TSU, so why not make him on the baseball field, too? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, one last thing for you, man. Um, the Titans have been in Nashville since 99. Um, I want to know who your top five Titans of all time are. No, I, got my, I got my five. I'm, I'm sure Maestro's got his five, too. I don't. Now, now I want to say this to all the people listening. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bring any Oilers into this. I was just about to say that. Okay. I was just about to say that. I'm glad. Now, now there will be players that that play for both. There will be players that play for both. But Mm -hmm. I'm not bringing just full-time Oilers in this. So there will be no Warren Moon in this one. However, I will say one guy that was a Hall of Famer that stayed here for a while is uh, Bruce Matthews. I could put him in there. Um, So Mm -hmm. he's one. Okay. Um, You've got, of course, you've got Eddie George. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got, uh, give me, give me, Eddie Mc, I mean, Eric McNair, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The legend. And you gotta put, you gotta put one of the best wide receivers there. we put on a tight uniform, Derek Mason. He's okay. There. I like that. Yeah. Um, then as far as defensively, I'd like to say Javon Curse, but I can't say him. Mm. But I will say, I will say a guy that nobody really talks about, but he had a stellar career with Tennessee Titans. Maybe no, Keith about. Bullock. Yep. Keith Bullock. Mr. Yep. Monday Nights. Uh, That's what he used to call yeah. himself. Keith Bullock. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you're right. I damn sure do not think about Keith Bullock. <laughs> I start yeah, now I started like to say I started to say Blaine Bishop, but I was like, nah, I can't mm-hmm. say him. Let me go with go with Mr. Monday Night. You have truly been covering the Titans to put uh uh Keith Bullock over Javon Curse. Not because um Keith Bullock didn't have a great career, just because of all of the hype behind Curse. Right, I mean, Curse had a great rookie year, but yeah. after that, he couldn't really stay healthy all the time. Same thing happened in Philly. Random question: I went to school mm-hmm. with Randy Starks, who drafted, uh, who the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. I remember him. I went to, I him uh huh. What What do you remember about him? Man, he was a stout guy inside. Man, powerful guy. Yeah. If he ever could have yeah. harnessed it to where he could do that all the time, he would have been a, an All Pro. Easily, mm-hmm. but he had power, yeah. speed, and he could do some things. He just didn't. Well, I would say he wouldn't do it. He didn't do it all the time. I would say right, right, right. I, I just think about. Um, I always tell the story, man. Um, we, I'm in class, you know, we, and he got to talking to one of my homies, and isn't as an adult, I realized that even if all three of us would have jumped him, he probably would have still grabbed somebody and busted their ass. But it's hard to tell me that at 16, 17 years old, we thought we was going to whip the dog shit out of him in high school. I don't think it would have went our way. But as an adult, I don't think it would have went our way. But we definitely had plans to jump that big motherfucker one day. And he didn't come outside. And it probably was better off for us. Right, right. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but to get to you, get back to your list, Mike. I, I like your list. Um, for me, it's, it's Air McNair, it's Eddie George, it's Derek Mason, Keith Bullock. Um, I got one name that's different from Bruce Matthews. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm sorry, Derek Henry gotta be in my, in my top five. 
I, I get it. I get it, but I can't put him there quite yet. Yeah, oh, well, and I can't put him there over Chris Johnson. What? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, you know, Chris you Johnson was very. I, I I can't put either one of those on them on the list because I mean, honestly, yeah. I love Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson's on the edge for me, but I can't put Derrick Henry there quite yet either. Even though I love Derrick Henry and what he does for the Titans team, can't put him there quite yet. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, Actually, I, I, I mean, I, I think I like your list as constructed. Um, I wouldn't have thought of Keith Bullock, honestly. But when I think about maybe who was a better Titan for the team, Keith Bullock would, yeah, Keith yeah. Bullock would, would have he to He was the quarterback list. of their defense. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh, I agree. I agree. Certain for certain. Hey, Mike, hey, man. man. Go ahead and uh, let everybody no, know going. where they can find you know where they can find you at social media, the platform, and all that. Uh, you can find me uh, social media at Mike Patton eighty two on uh, Twitter, on uh, IG, of course, the underscore general underscore MP. I, you know, I would say I probably just post like kind of snippets of uh, interviews I do, which uh, getting ready to do one in a second, and uh, <laughs> and also you can find me on uh, all streaming platforms, touring the AFC South. I mean, Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, whatever you can think of. I'm there. iHeartRadio, I'm there too. Um, and also, of course, with any type of writing I have, of course, the Nashville Voice or Tennessee Tribune. And there'll be some other places pretty soon. Just uh, they, they haven't quite popped up yet. Or they, I would say those worlds haven't been created in the Marvel sense, I would say. Man, you hard at work, man. That That's that's lovely, yes, bro. That's, that's, that's yeah. wonderful, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I thank you all for uh, allowing me to come on. and appreciate y'all uh, allowing me to come nah, on. Nah, man. Yeah, definitely. The pleasure's ours, man. We appreciate you, bro. Uh, and, and stay safe out there, man. Of course, man. That's the only way to be. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Thanks again, all Mike. Right. Appreciate you, bro. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too, no man. Doubt. No doubt. No doubt. That was uh, we. That was Mike Patton, host of the AFC South podcast. I'm sorry, touring the AFC touring the South. AFC South podcast make sure y'all check it out on spotify and some of the other streaming platforms um man i ain't got nothing else man um i'm actually yeah. trying to get to this game one between boston and miami uh see how that yep. turns out so um thanks. and i got mixing to do yeah you hard at work too i mean we all hard yeah. at work we all doing something yeah. Um, thanks to everybody. Thanks to uh, folks in the Facebook live chat. Thanks for people watching on Twitter live and YouTube live. Thanks to Mike Patton for hopping on with us. Uh, again, make sure y'all follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Barbershop SPOR2. Click the like button on the Facebook page. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you got questions or comments about the show, just hit us up on the email at barbershopsportstalk1 at gmail.com. So um, it's been real, man. Uh, yes, sir. Can't wait, to, can't wait to get at it next week, bro. All right, bro. No doubt, no doubt. Everybody, y'all take it easy. We'll holler at you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.